www.ctonline.com/cyia. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship. SWAT radio program here on Wednesday, March 15th. I'm David Gray, along with my good friend, Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. And as always, we are glad that you are with us, whether you're listening here locally in Jacksonville on 91.7 The Truth, or on WMOX or WMER in Meridian, Mississippi, or on The Lighthouse in Chesapeake, Virginia. We are glad you're with us. You can also listen to us on the SWAT radio app or at SWATradio.com. SWATradio.com is also the location where you can listen to past programs, thanks to our friend James Grimm out in Idaho, who does a great job with that website. So glad you're with us and uh, here from somewhat chilly Jacksonville, Florida, but uh, that's all relative compared to the rest of the country. Well, yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) uh, it is kind of cold here, but, you know, I was thinking, Dave, that it's a good thing the TPC was last week and not this week. It would have been a much different uh, – I don't know about you. I don't like playing golf when it's cold. No. Man, I, it's just not fun, no. right? Where, where I used to live, when I lived in Massachusetts, I would my commute to work would take me by a local golf course, and there would be guys out there playing in the winter months as long as there wasn't snow on the ground. <laughs> and it would be 20s and 30s, and they'd be out there with these gloves on, and I'd think, man, that is not golf. <laughs> That is not golf. The ground is hard as a rock. It's like, you know, you hit the green with a high shot and it bounces like it hit the cart path. Yeah, it's 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 very dense air, right? That's you don't right. get you don't get the carry. Um, but you know, it is it, you know, cold for us down here. It's it's funny, the weather in Meridian is eerily similar similar a lot of times to the weather in Jacksonville. Mm. Uh, 58 degrees in Meridian, 58 degrees here. Did you know that? No, I right didn't. Right now, 58 degrees, partly cloudy, although Meridian's clear in 58 here. It's a little partly cloudy. But up in Virginia, it's 50. That's almost 40. That's cold. And who knows what it is out where James is out west in, in Idaho. I bet it's really cold out there. Uh, it's, 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 I'm not a cold guy. I like, I'd much rather sweat. I remember when... You know, I was, God was calling me into ministry. I said, Lord, please, please don't call me any place cold. And I go to Russia. The the, the, yep, the most right. southern part is north of Minnesota. There you go. There <laughs> so, you go. Yep. Well, um, having been, you know, as a native New Englander, but having been here for 25 years, I, I definitely feel it when I go home to visit family and friends. And we were there in February and the whole week we were there was pretty cold and it snowed some every day. So it was nice to visit it. And the snow is beautiful. I love watching it and, but I don't miss living in it. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, so I don't know, uh, if you read Christianity today anymore, uh, it's kind of, um, unfortunately <laughs> it's, it, it's taken a turn. It's allowed a lot of wokeism stuff in mm-hmm. there, which is sad to me because, you know, it used to be a fairly sure. conservative. I remember my folks getting it regularly. It used to it used to be pretty pretty good, but anyway, uh, I like reading it to see where people are going off. 
now uh, see what they're putting out there because there's still a lot of people that read it just because they've gotten it for so long. Mm -hmm. But um, there was a, um, uh, a lady named Kirsten Sanders wrote an article um, that basically asked um, is why the local church matters. And she writes this article and she she says that, um, you know, the church – Listen to this, and, and I just want to uh, go back and forth a little bit with you on this. The church is not God's guiding, his consoling presence in one's heart, or the consolation and correction that comes when a group of Christian gets together and pray. Um, nor is it what we name the occasional gathering of Christians who sing and study in homes or around the table worldwide. So if it's not that, what is it, right? I mean, like, um, what what is the church? Well, does that author go on to, if it's not those things, say what it is? Well, or what, she in go, her opinion, well, her is? whole article is just basically talking about all these ways that we have uh, incorrectly attempted to define church. Um. Mm. But the, the the most important thing is that she says the church's greatest mistake is losing sight of what makes it unique in its attempt to make itself relevant. Um, you know, efforts to care for the poor and the needy, provide a place of community, help people live moral lives are all pieces of what it means to follow Christ and important pieces, but they're not the foundation of what it means to be the church um you know i here's the thing uh, people's needs are important right i mean like she talks about there but the spiritual needs are why the church exists yeah the church exists to glorify christ and enjoy him forever and part of that is being his ambassadors to those who are in darkness right yep and uh, for for us, uh, the church exists to be the mouthpiece of God, put him on display to a dark world so that that dark world is then drawn to him. <clears throat> or if they're not his, they're repelled by him. Mm -hmm. Either way, you know, when somebody hears the gospel and rejects, they, that that's still fulfilling our purpose when we share the gospel with right them. right right uh so i just wondered if you had seen that i had not but i i know that there's a lot of stuff out there these days on all the mistakes of the church and the, what the church is doing wrong and this and that and 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 you know i the church is flawed human beings there's going to be issues in in various churches but that does not mean that we throw to use a uh, cliche the baby out with the bathwater right and and to your point the church the church is also to take care of one another yeah right we are to take care we care for one another and and when we're there for example gathering on a sunday i always view it as it's a group of believers now may there be unbelievers there of course mm -hmm. should there be an evangelistic aspect to our worship of course yeah but I also view the primary mean or the primary um, 
mission of the church, right, uh, in a situation like that is it's it's to equip the believers so that we can go out and be the mouthpiece that that you're talking about so that we can go out into the world and into somebody said this recently whether it was you or or maybe it was richard or or somebody else it's it's not about bringing darkness into the church in terms of bringing unbelievers in although that happens and that should happen but it's about the church bringing light out into the darkness of the world. And I thought, I think that's a good way to look at it. We're there. I view it as on Sunday, I'm getting fueled up yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. week. Well, yeah, we, we come together on Sunday, to the Lord's Day, to worship. Because I was telling guys at SWAT today, when we come together around the word, we come together to be reminded that this is not our home to be reminded that Jesus is our king, to be reminded that we are to be putting him on display, uh, to be reminded that the world we live in is broken, uh, to be reminded that um, the um, the reason we meet is the church is where Christ is proclaimed as king by those who love him and follow him mm-hmm. and who who are in his family. It's a gathering of the family. It's a foreshadowing of heaven. However, yeah. you know, shadowed it may be, right? It's like Paul says, it's like we're looking through a dark glass right now. But but it is a foreshadowing of heaven. To your first point, it, it, it's to be reminded that this is not our home. But when we're with other believers, we're with our family. We're well, just not in the final place that we're going to be. Well, ultimately, Sanders, the person that wrote the article, I, I think she's on point, she says, which is, like I said, there's there'll still be some good articles there. Christianity Today is just some of the things there can be a little wokish. But um, she says the church matters only because uh, only there is truth about the world spoken. Right. And that's that's true. Truth. That is true. Uh it yep. is truth, and it's not subjective truth. It's objective truth. Um, yep. As we as we look at the Bible, listen, I said this before at SWAT. The Bible doesn't tell you how to bake chocolate chip cookies, but that's not its purpose. The Bible speaks truth about how to know God, how to know the Creator, Yahweh, Elohim, mm-hmm. Adonai, uh, how we as the created are supposed to relate to our Creator, it is the one place that is different from every other religious gathering in the world in that only in the church is Jesus lifted up as the only way to connect to the creator God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was uh you and I talked about this. I was recently in a situation where I had to read scripture at a funeral and I knew there was going to be a lot of unbelievers and I was reading from Romans where it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I, I knew, you know, I was struggling with that from the standpoint of, I knew that's written to believers Mm -hmm. and, and I knew there would be a lot of unbelievers in the, in the audience. And I didn't want to just read it and, and have somebody who might have been at other funerals and heard similar scripture and might think, Oh, okay, well, that sounds pretty good. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. I'm all set. Right. So I, I prefaced it a little bit with that. This is written uh, to show God's unbreakable love and unbreakable care for us when we put our trust in Christ 
for the forgiveness of our sins and as the one who makes adoption into God's family possible. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've thought a lot about that lately. And, and to your point about this is where it's preached and taught. This is the way to be connected to the, to our creator and be part of his family. I, if I had to boil it down with an unbeliever to one or two sentences, right. That, that elevator speech that we talked about, that we talk about mm-hmm. Jesus Faith in Jesus makes us right with God. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not only not right, but we don't have a relationship at all, except one of condemnation. Yeah, and and that's and that's why it's so important. Getting back to what you said about the church being faithful to preach mm. the whole counsel of Scripture and to faithfully teach it, and to rely on that as the primary means of drawing people to Jesus. Yeah. Not programs, again, not that programs are bad. I love things like vacation Bible school and 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 kids programs and Bible studies and this program and that program. All those things are good in and by themselves, but not at the exclusion of the faithful preaching and teaching of the word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um I know we got to go to break, but one thing I read today on uh, the the briefing, which I always like uh, listening to. Uh, it was talking about Pope Francis celebrating 10 years as the Pope. And, you know, um, you know, we don't recognize the office of papacy, obviously, uh, for evangelicals. But if there is a papacy, if you're going to recognize it, and he's authoritative, he ought to be guided by God's word. And this has been the most liberal Pope like, and he comes on the heels of two very conservative popes as far as the Bible is concerned. And uh, they were just talking about that. I don't know if you got it. I didn't see that today. To no. That. No. It was just interesting how progressivism and liberalism isn't just coming into the church. Uh, Protestant-wise, it's also mm. coming into Catholicism, too. But we're going to take our first break. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a comment or a question. And we'll be right back on SWAT Radio. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Welcome to Teach Kids by Child Evangelism Fellowship, helping you teach truth to the kids in your life. Across the U.S. and around the world, young people tell stories like this each year. They dedicate the weeks of their summer to attend one to two weeks of intensive training and then lead five-day clubs for boys and girls. 
Some may teach three clubs each day in various locations. Children gather in backyards, neighborhood parks, community centers, and daycares to sing, play games, learn Bible verses, and hear a Bible lesson and a missionary story. Best of all, they get to learn about Jesus. Only God knows how many lives will be impacted through these young missionaries and the children they reach. To learn more about Christian Youth in Action, visit cefonline.com C-Y-I-A. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. Doug McCary and David Gray here with you uh, on a Wednesday afternoon and happy to to be here with you as always. Uh, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment as we get ready to continue in Acts uh, chapter 22. Hey, too. Before we jump in, I do want to say one more thing that was in the news uh, because it relates to Florida and the president. President Biden was being interviewed by a reporter for the Washington Post and basically um the headline was that President Biden said anti-trans legislation is close to sinful. That's that's what the quote was. And uh, the interesting, he was talking about uh, in, in our state, some of the things that DeSantis is putting out there to protect women mm-hmm. and what you and I were talking about earlier. Uh, but when's the last time you heard President Biden use the word sin? Or sinful. I don't know if I've ever heard of uh, But he did use it close to sinful. Can you be close to sinful? Uh, it's kind of like it's, it, horseshoes <laughs> and hand grenades, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you're either sinful or you're not. It's either sinful or it's not. It goes against God's will or it doesn't. And what's interesting is he's calling what DeSantis is doing right. is sinful. Right. Or close to it. Now, he didn't say sinful. He said close to sinful. Yeah. It's almost sinful. Well, you can't almost sin. You either go all the way or you do. Yep. I mean, you either, um, and sin is not just the action. It's the heart behind the action. It's the thought. It's the, and, and not the temptation, mind you, but it's the the pursuit of mm-hmm. the thought beyond just the temptation right. that Satan presents. Right, right. So. Well, and, and to phrase it, and you and I were talking about this in the break a little bit, to phrase it as anti-trans legislation, how about phrasing it as pro-women leg- <laughs> or, legislation? Or, or, or how about pro, pro-biblical values? Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, like yeah. it's not even just pro-women. From a Christian perspective, as sure. we're looking at it from a Christian perspective, God said they're male and female. You know, and, and the president, when he was interviewed, said, well, it's not like a kid wakes up one morning and says, I want to be a man or I want to be a woman. I want to change. Um, he says, you know, they love, they have feelings, they have inclinations. And, you know, I've heard commentator after commentator, people ought to be allowed to do whatever they want to do. All right, 
Now, stop and just take that at face value mm -hmm. for a second. Mm -hmm. I can't do what I want to do. Right. Uh, sometimes I want to hurt people. Sometimes right. I want to uh, get angry at somebody. Right. We can't do just what we want to do. Nobody really believes that. Yeah. The trans people don't believe that because they don't believe I should be able to live my values out. Right. Because my values says that I should be able to say this is wrong. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but so we don't really believe, even though that's a nice sentimental way to say stuff like that. We don't really believe people ought to be free to do what they want yeah. to do. There are limits. Yep. It's what, just what's the line? Yeah, I'm I'm tolerant as long as you agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's pretty much what it comes down to. I mean, there was a I read last night there was a a conservative speaker at a at a college in California, U University of California at Davis, and it was that Charlie Hurt who started the turning point conservative, you know, political group. Mm -hmm. and there were over 100 protesters outside. Now, protesting is fine, yeah. right? We know that. But they were breaking windows. They were using pepper spray, apparently. They, it was a violent protest. Mm -hmm. And this is all in the and the signs and everything that were out there, this is all in the name of trying to shut down mm -hmm. somebody from speaking at an event that 500 students were attending. Mm -hmm. And where is the tolerance in that? Right. Mm. It, it's 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 tolerance doesn't mean allowing someone to speak even and, but being allowed to disagree. But you still respect their right to believe what they want to believe and, and speak and all of that. You know, tolerance has come to mean you have to you have to validate my point of view. Right. It's not just you have to let me say it, but you also have to validate it. And if you disagree with me, <laughs> you're intolerant. And, yeah. and that's what this is all, this is what this has become. Everybody's portrayed. So going back to what you said about anti-trans legislation being almost sinful, it's an opportunity to take anybody who disagrees, a Christian who disagrees with, you know, trans legislation or whatever it is. You could, there's a thousand things, right? And to label believers as hateful yes. and bigoted. Yes. And and that's not the case. That's where the lie is. We disagree with things, but it doesn't mean that we're hateful towards people. Okay, not so, not real believers so, anyway. So think about this, right? How many years did women fight to get equality out in sports and out in the world? Yeah. yeah. And they gave the woman of the year award to a transgender woman from brazil i think mm -hmm. i think yeah. she was brazilian yeah. and it was a man yeah it was not yeah it was not a woman yeah. that they gave this woman's award to so that pushed a real woman out yeah. a, a woman who was born biological yeah woman, biological right. woman yeah. in the same way the massachusetts high school i don't know if you saw I this i did see that but yep. where the trans athlete helped the girls team win. Yeah. It was a trans girl who was mm -hmm. a boy who, listen, these facts are undeniable. Yep. Boys are different biologically than women. It doesn't matter. They can take the puberty stuff. They can take all these yep. meds, but they're still going to have the DNA of a boy. Yeah. Yeah. And so all that stuff to say, that this is not going away. I just saw on Netflix that Netflix is coming out with a new non-binary um, 
a new binary uh, thing. It's a pre- for preschoolers because they have a non-binary character coming out with they, them. Don't call me they, call me them. It, it, this is the problem with our country yeah. right now. Yeah. And as believers, we can't feed into the dysphoria. We can't uh, affirm that it's not loving to do that. No. And that's where no. we're going with this is you, you, you can't affirm that is not a loving thing to do. Any Correct. any more than you would affirm somebody who says they're Queen Elizabeth. Yep. Yeah. You, you know. And yet, and yet, the way the world views it, or a lot of people in the world, they view it as if we don't affirm, then we're, like I said earlier, we're hateful, we're bigoted. When when speaking the truth is the loving thing to do. Yeah. I, I I in along the lines of the article you were just mentioning about the track, uh, the track championship you know that that uh, there was a it was a, a girls basketball team from a christian school in vermont mm-hmm. that forfeited a game wouldn't didn't decided not to play in a game in a, in a tournament game a state tournament game because the other team had a trans player in, mm-hmm. in a playing in a girls game and now they've been banned from playing in future games future tournament games because they wouldn't play and compete in that game. And I just really, I feel as a, as someone who has a daughter who played women's basketball and, and know a lot of people that have daughters that have played women's sports, I feel terrible for those girls in that situation where well, you're, you know, you, you, you've worked so hard and you're not competing on a, on a level playing field by any stretch of the imagination. Let's forget about everything else from the spiritual aspect that we're talking about. I don't mean forget it as in, dismiss it but just put it aside for a second just from a level playing field standpoint it's hard to understand how people don't see that yeah it, it, well it's like that track team i mean the fact that that trans the guy pl- ran with these girls and they won how how do you feel good about that how do you and in the stands they show people with include trans inclusion trans inclusion yeah. well this is really insane. I don't know if you heard yesterday, Brian was on, he was talking about a child in his child's class that's a furry. I, you know, I, I'd forgotten what a furry was and I looked it up and it was a, it's a person who thinks they're an animal. Yeah. The way, and we got to affirm that now. So it, it, where do you draw the line? God determines truth. That's why we do meet as a church to be reminded his truth is the truth that matters. He designed a man to marry a woman. He designed men to be men and women to be women. In fact, Paul says, act like men, you know, but now we're even, people are trying to change. Don't say men say people don't say women say birthing people, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And, and let's be clear again, unequivocally. And I, and I know you'll agree with me. May it never be that we as believers would ever treat anybody in these situations unkindly no. or unlovingly no and, and and that is not the case and to say that but it's not unloving to, to say you to disagree say the tru- or to absolutely. say the truth absolutely the truth but you know uh i don't know if you saw a federal court ruled against an employee who reten- uh, who refused to go to a lgbtq training session yeah but it's a federal court it's going to go up to supreme court it, it will and it may not win there but the question is are we going to be people of truth? Because 
They can't make you affirm a lie unless you allow them to do that. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to do that. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to. It's not unloving. Now, listen, you don't you don't have to be mean like you said about it. Right. But you just affirm the truth. Correct. Which is what we're called to do. Yeah. And, you know, when we look at the life of Paul, we're, we're talking about Paul's story that points to God's story. And uh, he talks about his life uh, before Christ, his life of being rescued by Christ, and how he was rescued, and then his life after. And we're looking at his life after. His was a life of service to God. God's in charge. The people who cave in don't believe that. The people who refuse to um, to stick to the truth are not living that way. It's really not caring for others and putting God on display when you tow the party line of the enemy. Right. Right. But we're going to take our break here at the bottom of the hour for the news. This is SRN News. Mom, Dad, let me guess. If you have teens under your roof, I'll venture to say that conflict is a regular part of your home, right? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Whether it comes in the form of intense debate or even prolonged silence, there's no getting around the natural tension in any family. It's just a part of life. So every parent needs to decide ahead of time, how will you respond when things get messy? A good intentional plan will help you keep your cool and also help your kids learn to deal with inevitable conflicts that await them in the real world. You don't do your kids any favors by teaching them to run from disagreements. When you disengage from conflict, the greatest agent of change has just left the building. There's more from Mark Gregston on Parenting Today's Teens website. Get helpful tips for moms and dads when you visit ParentingTodaysTeens.org. No active accidents, but there is congestion on I-95 northbound at University Boulevard. Also, there's congestion on the Arlington Expressway westbound from before Cessary Boulevard to about the Matthews Bridge. Clear and cold tonight, low 35, Thursday sunny, high 73. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the radio in St. Simons Island at 91.3. There is good news for the captive, good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter, the one religion failed. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary uh, coming to you live from Jacksonville, Florida. I'm glad you're with us here on SWAT Radio. We've been uh, talking about some some things in our culture here for the first two segments and we're going to get back into Acts chapter 22. And Doug, I know we've been looking at verses 17 through 30 this week. Yes. And uh, we, you know, Monday we went over uh, 17 through 21 and we looked at this idea. Really, we're, we're looking at Paul's story after Christ. And, you know, our lives in Christ, after we encounter him, should reflect these same two 
ideas. One is a life of service to God. Two is a life of caring for others. Mm. If we're his, he brings us in to put us or put him on display through us. And we know in first Peter two, nine, um, Peter writes, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into light, into his marvelous light. And so that that really is saying that you were not just brought into the family of God to come and sit and soak in all the truth of God's word and not go exercise, not go put him on display. You were brought in to be his ambassador. And Paul demonstrates this in his life. And uh, he demonstrates this life of service to God in that we talked about Monday how he, Paul got in an argument. And I love that, David, because it kind of shows the humanity mm-hmm. of Paul. God tells him, hey, you need to get out. Well, wait a minute, God, I got this. I can do this and all this. You know, my life is they'll see it. And, and, and we talked about the pragmatic approach. And God says, no, get out. I'm sending you to Gentiles. And the brilliant part of that was Paul says God sent him to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And so we, we kind of covered that. And then yesterday, Brian and I got into this part of a life caring for others. And we talked about how much Paul loved these people. They, they were trying to beat him up. They wanted him dead. They set away with him, kill him. They were throwing off their clothes, getting ready to stone him. Um, and when the Romans saw this, they go, well, we can't have a mob rule here. We got to find out what's going on. So they were going to interrogate him. And we're going to pick it up today in verse 24 and finish finish the text uh, through 30. But read verse 24, actually starting 22 again. Yeah. Read 22 all the way through 30, and we'll come back and look at this idea of putting God on display and caring for others. Okay, so this is Acts chapter 22, verses 22 through 30. Up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. And as they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the tribune ordered him to be brought into the barracks, saying that he should be examined by flogging to find out why they were shouting against him like this. But when they had stretched him out for the whips... Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, Is it lawful for you to flog a man who is a Roman citizen and uncondemned? When the centurion heard this, he went to the tribune and said to him, What are you about to do? For this man is a Roman citizen. So the tribune came and said to him, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? And he said, Yes. The tribune answered, I bought this citizenship for a large sum. Paul said, But I am a citizen by birth. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately. And the tribune also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. But on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priests and all the council to meet, and he brought Paul down and set him before them. May God bless the reading of his word. Yeah, these are the words of God that David read, and they're telling about what is going on with the Apostle Paul. And 
it said up to this word, they listened. The word was the Gentiles. They right. did not right. like that at all. They said, away with him, kill him. And they start taking off their outer garments. And usually when they did that, that's the tip off. They're about to stone you. Yep. And so they well, were. Well, that's why Paul was holding the garments when Stephen was killed, right? Exactly. That's the idea. Yeah. They take them off because they got to fling those rocks, right. man. So, right. Uh, but there was no stones there, so they grabbed dirt. They just start flinging dirt clods and dirt in the air. And when the tribune saw it, he goes, wait a minute. we we got to figure this thing out. Why, why are these people uh, really coming after this guy? And so he says, let's let's do an interrogation. Well, their interrogation, if, if you were not a Roman citizen, uh, could include the flagellum. Mm-hmm. The flagellum was a piece of wood with leather strips that had either metal or bone in it. Mm-hmm. And if you saw the movie, the passion of the Christ, it's what they used on Jesus in that movie. That it's a very brutal, brutal way to interrogate, but they believe that the pain will cause you to be honest. And they actually stretch. And it says they stretched his back out. Um, to do that so that when those bone pieces or metal pieces hit, it just rips you right open. It usually leaves you crippled or dead. And so this it's brutal. It was so brutal that women and members of the Senate couldn't have it happen to him. And if you were a Roman, um, if you were a Roman man, it couldn't happen to you on the front end. It had to be after you had received a sentence of condemnation right. to that. Right. And, and pick so the parallels here with Jesus are not coincidental. No, there it, there is a lot of eerie parallels yeah. here. And and think about Jesus undergoing this flogging. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, it it either crippled people or maybe killed them in, in a lot of cases. And and he was carrying his cross right after this happening. Yeah. And they, you know, the, think about the sovereignty of God here in Paul's citizenship. Uh, and, and, and just the fact that there were no stones, they were grabbing clumps of dirt. There were no stones there. And so it says verse 25, they bounded, they stretched him out. And Paul just goes, Hey, is this lawful? Like, you know, first of all, that, that centurion who was there had to go, what are you talking about? Because Paul must not have looked like a Roman citizen. If he did, he looked like, you know, a, an unkept Roman citizen. And because it was a crime to, to do this to a Roman citizen who hadn't been condemned. And if you violate that, uh, you could be executed, you and anybody that was associated with it. And the thing that I see here, Dave, is that the Jews were they considered the Romans enemies. Mm. They, the, they wanted to see God wipe out the Romans. Sure. And Paul didn't mind suffering. We know that we see his suffering and everything, but here I really believe that he, he saved the life of the tribune and all the, the centurion and those who were going to do this. And it brings to mind Matthew five forty three, where uh, Jesus said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy pray for those who persecute you that you may be sons of your father who's in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good sends rain on the just and the unjust for if you love those who love you what reward do you have 
Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, be perfect as your Father in heaven's perfect. And so I really see Paul stepping up here, protecting these Romans who were the sworn enemies of Israel mm -hmm. at this time. Mm -hmm. They were pagan, narcissist, pleasure seekers. And Paul knew if they laid a finger on him like that, he would they could die yeah yeah and maybe he was also thinking about the fact not only was he protecting them but he wanted them to be able to hear what he had to say well exactly and and so he says hey is this legal and the centurion realizing now for him to even know that most jews are not going to care about that or may not know but he knew and he goes what are you doing to the tribune and the tribune goes, are you a citizen? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and and the tribune says, I bought my citizenship, which means he was a second-class citizen mm. in the eyes of Rome. Paul was born. He was a first-class citizen in the eyes of Rome. And what did they do in verse 29? It says they left. They immediately got out of there. They beat feet. They knew. They had already bound him. They could have been executed just for doing that, mm -hmm. for violating his rights. And it says the next day the tribune called the Jewish leaders because he still didn't have any charges against Paul. He yeah. didn't know why, right. what was going on, why people were after him. And again, you just see God's protection of Paul there, his sovereign care to take care of Paul, as long as God had a plan for right, Paul. Right. right, and you've said that about all of us before, right? As long as God has things for us still to do, we're going to be around. He, he knows when that'll be up. So, And you also mentioned Paul was rescued by the Romans, what, three times? This is the third yeah. time. Isn't that crazy? The we're, pagan enemies of, Rome, of, of Jews, and they're rescuing yeah. Paul. We're going to take our last break here on SWAT Radio. We'll be back right after the break. Call us at 844-777-7928. If you have a question or a comment. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Welcome to Teach Kids by Child Evangelism Fellowship, helping you teach truth to the kids in your life. Across the U.S. and around the world, young people tell stories like this each year. They dedicate the weeks of their summer to attend one to two weeks of intensive training and then lead five-day clubs for boys and girls. Some may teach three clubs each day in various locations. 
Children gather in backyards, neighborhood parks, community centers, and daycares to sing, play games, learn Bible verses, and hear a Bible lesson and a missionary story. Best of all, they get to learn about Jesus. Only God knows how many lives will be impacted through these young missionaries and the children they reach. To learn more about Christian Youth in Action, visit cefonline.com C-Y-I-A. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network. The Jacksonville Beaches listen at 91.7. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a no. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Doug McCary of His Light Ministries here with you and uh, looking at Acts chapter 22. And today we've been focusing on verses 24 to 30, which is the end of the chapter, and talking just before the break about um, how Paul was uh, about to be stoned by the Jewish mob and he was rescued for the third time, if you will. Although rescued, we use that term kind of loosely. They prevented the mob from getting at him. But uh, they were about to uh, flog him, which may have crippled him or killed him right on the spot. But Paul uh, asks the question, uh, is this lawful for you to do this to a Roman citizen? And Doug was mentioning um, God's sovereignty in protecting Paul. There were no stones for the people to throw, and and uh, the Romans got him away from the mob. Um, and then talking also about the fact that Paul uh, seems to here be caring for the Romans themselves because he knew the trouble that they could get in, possibly trouble as in being executed themselves for flogging an uncondemned Roman citizen, and that he's caring for his enemies, as Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 5. And Doug, you know, again, we were talking a little about the parallels between this encounter between Paul and the Jews and the Romans versus Jesus' encounter at the end of his life with the the Jews and the Romans. And... um, from the crowd yelling it for Paul, you know, away with him. He shouldn't be allowed to remain on the earth, right? It's very yeah. similar to crucify him. Yeah. And and then in terms of caring for enemies, what did Jesus do in the garden, right? Peter sliced off the the servant's ear, the Roman servant's ear, or the high priest servant's ear, and Jesus heals him. And then on the cross, Jesus saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And uh just those parallels of, of of Paul and Jesus, I think, are really interesting in these. In well, these there, there's a lot of them. In fact, even in this week's teaching, um, we're we're going to see see that as well. Um, you know, uh, I I can't help but think when I read this um, back in 1996, David, I was over in uh, Nepal preaching. Uh, to about 35,000 Bhutanese refugees and Nepalese who were there in a refugee camp. And when we got there, and I I may have shared this story with you before. I don't know if I have. I I think I've shared it on air. But So I I got a group from America. We're going over there. We're doing this mass crusade in southern India 
and then we're going up to do one in Nepal. And in, in southern India, uh, we have 50,000 people a night come. So we go up to Nepal. We're doing this big outdoor thing. And my daughter's there. Like, I got a team of Americans there. And we, we do music. We do testimonies. And then I preach. Was John your interpreter? John Monger was my interpreter. Yeah, it was my okay. first time to meet John. Yep. And so so when I get, we get, you know, before we go, uh, the State Department issued a travel warning or an advisory. It, it wasn't the one that said you couldn't go, but it was the one just saying, hey, be careful uh, about the Maoist over there. The Maoist were uh, an insurgency group over there fighting against the government. And they were terrorists. They were designated a terrorist group. <clears throat> so they were dangerous. They had been kidnapping people on buses and, uh, you know, like tourists and everybody. So people were calling me, hey, should we go? Should we not go? And I said, so I called the guy over there that was organizing it all. And he said, no, we're good. We're good. So we get over there to do the, the event. And, um, when I'm there, uh, I'm introduced by the, the leader over there who's putting it all together to his friend who's dressed in like a cami outfit. And I'm thinking this guy is like a government guy. Cause he looks like a military guy and he's got a bunch of armed guys around him. And so we do our big event, 35,000 people there. A lot of people come to Christ. It was a really great event and it's getting dark. And that's when the rebels would usually Mm -hmm. get people or hurt people. And so I asked the guy, I said, we should be going, right? It's getting dark. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we got this warning on the State Department and they were telling us to be careful. And you're responsible for a lot of people. Yeah, I got like 20 something people over there from the states and i'm like we really need to be careful and he goes no you don't need to worry about that and i said well and i showed him the 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 letter i'd printed it out the 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 warning and he says listen brother it's okay you know the guy i introduced you to back at the thing he's the head of that party here so the head of the terrorist group in the area where we were provided security for us to, to go back to the border to go into india at night him and his guys so he had he put armed people on our bus that guarded us to get to the line to make sure no other rebel factions tried to do anything to wow. us so we were actually guarded by the terrorists that we were warned against isn't wow that, isn't that, that funny well example of god's sovereignty right yeah that, that he uses <laughs> whoever he needs to use right to to allow his plans to go forward. And the guy that put on the event went to high school with that guy. They were high school friends. Crazy. <laughs> and so, and, and is goes, that how the relationship happened? Is yeah, that why he yeah, was providing yeah, That's security? why they knew each other for a long time. And wow. he told him we were coming over there. And this guy didn't have any problem with us coming as believers sharing this message. He just didn't like the government that right, was there. Right. And so... He goes, it'll be fine. Well, so they provided security for our whole event. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Yep. yep. Isn't that wild? Yep. That is wild. <laughs> Only God, right? I mean, like you just, but I see with Paul, this is now the third time that God has used Roman pagans to protect him mm-hmm. 
when God's people, the very people that God had chosen to be his vocal mouthpiece to the world, were rejecting his mm-hmm. messenger. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And then and then he used the Romans to bring his judgment yes. on Israel with the destruction of Jerusalem, destruction of the temple. Yes, he did. Yep. So, yeah, it's... Uh, but I, I, I go back to also, though, thinking about the parallels with, with Jesus returning, going to Jerusalem for the last time to face the crucifixion. And, um, uh, you know, the parallels between Paul going to Jerusalem, knowing that he was facing this, Jesus going, knowing that he was facing this. Mm-hmm. and But also that there were individual Romans that we know or highly suspect became believers well right yeah, at the cross and and now we know that there very likely were romans here involved in this situation with paul yes that became believers yes. i'm sure there were well think about it and and you know if you go back to the end of romans chapter 16 and you see all those greek and roman names mm, right these were all people that paul is saying remember these people these are good people right think about this the Roman centurions, was there ever anything bad said about a Roman centurion in scripture? No. I mean, I mean, it, that, that alone is astounding. Well, I it? mean, and you think of the one where Jesus healed his daughter, right? Yep. He was commended, right? He was commended by Jesus for the faith that he had. He, oh, his servant's son. The, it was his servant's sir, son. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but, no, he's no. The, but he's okay, the one who said, Okay, now listen, if you're going to be on SWAT radio, you got to get your references right, okay? <laughs> well, I know I have you as a backup. <laughs> but his, Remember, it was his servant's son. Um, but he, but he, 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 called, he said a servant. I mean, he, really, he said it was my servant. Remember, right. he referred to him as his servant. But uh, he said, you don't even have to come, just speak it. And he said, I'm a man under authority. And I have people under my authority, and I know if I say do this, it's going to get done. Yeah. And he compared that to Jesus just saying, all you have to do is speak it. Right? Yeah. I think I have that reference right Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, no, you did. You did. So, I mean, but it, 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 it's just God will use anybody to do anything he wants. And so the, the, the takeaways for us, I just I want to go over this, and I know you and Craig might get into this some on Friday, but – when you think about Paul's life, uh, we got to think about our life. Not that we have to emulate him, but we emulate him as he as he imitates Christ, sure. right? Yeah. But he always trusted in God's plan, didn't he? He did. You see that, um, except the one time he wanted to argue with him over God telling him to get out. But then but he still did it. He did. Yeah. All right. So that's the first thing, trust in God's plan. God calls you and me to do that as well. But you may not like what the way things look right now, things may be tough, but you trust in his plan. Second, always look for opportunities to share. Paul was always looking for that opportunity. Even when there were obstacles, he turned them into opportunities. Mm-hmm. He saw them as opportunities. And a lot of times we get so discouraged about the obstacles that we miss the opportunity. Yeah. So we've got to look for the opportunities. Third, Look for bridges with your audience. He was looking for those brothers. He says, fathers and brothers, listen, you know, I'm a Jew. And those two points, you think about him in Athens, mm-hmm. the way he 
looked for an opportunity to share, and then built the bridge he with built, the Athenians. He, in right? Acts 17, yeah. he absolutely did. Yep. Fourth, always point to Jesus. He was always bringing it back to Jesus. Jesus was the focal point, not Paul, not his life, but Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then fifth, let gratitude for God and love for others be our motivation to share. That's really what he calls us to. So as we, we kind of go out today, um, think about this. Am I prepared to give a defense for the hope that's in me? Do I really have hope? What was my life like before Jesus? How did he rescue me? How is he leading me? And am I really putting him on display to the world around me? That's really questions we got to wrestle with. Amen. All right, well, you'll be back tomorrow. I know you have a guest. I actually, you know what? Uh, there's been a little bit of a change. I'm going to replay tomorrow. Okay. Holly Snell, Dancing on My Ashes. That's a great interview. She lost her husband, and it's, she gives a great story of putting God on display. So okay. I had that put in for tomorrow. And Craig Henderson and I will be back on Friday.